guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Risen Nation Church podcast. Today was a special day for the church, one of vision and direction in this next season. We shared a special announcement today, and then I taught on the reality of saying yes in the wilderness and how we as a church are going to move forward in this season. We're so excited about it. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope it blesses you. What God is doing here. Amen. Also, if you haven't yet registered for habitation, I think we've got like 600 and some people so far registered. It's gonna be an amazing weekend uh, that the Lord is going to move. Amen? Are y'all blessed? Are you expecting great things? How many know that he does exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can expect? So just get ready for more. Amen? Lift your hands one more time. Say, Lord, I'm ready for more. I trust you in all things. Lead us, guide us, direct us, and let your glory come. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Welcome to the stage, uh, Todd, Todd White. Welcome to the stage, Todd White. Wow. Amen. Thank you. Can you guys sit, please? I dumped a whole thing of mouth freshener on my hand. It's burning right now. The guys know. Like, I dumped that wow drops on my hand. It's on fire right now. So I've touched lay hands on somebody right now. On their eyes, you'll be healed, I promise. Um, Yeah, first, first things first. There's two separate things we want to talk about. Second thing we want to talk about is direction. First thing we want to talk about is why I haven't been here, all right? There's all kinds of speculation of why I haven't been here. Like, I've been, like, something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. It's true. Um, I went to, we had a power and love in Nashville. How many of you, who came to that? That was absolutely nuts. It was crazy. But I started to feel this weird bloating in my body, like, like I needed to do a cleanse or something. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm two days out from even being home, so that's not gonna happen. So I'm like, I'm not gonna eat that much. And so it got worse, and then it got worse. And then I had trouble breathing. And so it was like, it felt like a bloating that was pushing on my lungs. And so I didn't know what it was. We were actually downtown, because we went out on Friday night to take the microphone and go and share the gospel down. And it was awesome down there. But I couldn't breathe. I'd walk like five steps and have to stop. And I felt like something's really wrong. And Randy, my security, was walking with Blake, they're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know, dude, just let me take a break. And so the next two nights, it was really bad. So I went to the emergency room and the doctors told me that um, they need to admit me that I have water on my lungs, that it's probably double pneumonia. And so it was weird because I didn't have a fever or anything like that. And I'm like, okay, well, doesn't pneumonia involve this? And they said, well, we need to admit you, we're gonna do some tests. So I, they did so many tests, I felt like a pincushion. I, I can't even tell you how many times I got stuck with needles. I hate needles. So it's not good when a nurse comes towards you and is so happy because your veins are good. Do you know what I'm saying? They're like, oh my gosh, that's great. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? My, my, my son-in-law is the same way. He's a nurse. He's like, but anyway, they did a bunch of tests and they went and um, did heart tests and they did an echocardiogram, whatever, and my heart was at 20% of the beating capacity that it was supposed to be. And so it's called, what's it called, infraction? What? Ejection fraction was at 20%. And so that's not good. The doctor said, I'm a time bomb waiting to die. And I'm like, guys, knock it off. We didn't bring Jesus to them. They were like, you could die any second. You need to wear a life vest. You need to wear a defibrillator. And I'm like, what is happening? And so it all hit at once. And I was on like, I went from taking no medications to taking 11 overnight. And I've always preached eat well, exercise, and here I'm the one with the heart issue, right? So that's twisted. But they said that uh, a virus, possibly the one that we all know about, when I had last year around Christmas, weakened my left ventricle and, and, and knocked out my pumping capacity. Needless to say, all that is great medical information, but it is a demonic attack 
I, I know, I just needed to let you know the whole, the doctors want me to inform you. <laughs> but I did, I went to taking all those meds. The last, I've been on rest, I'm on rest for 90 days. So I'm in 30 days in, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. I know what it's like to rest and be with the Lord, but I don't know what it's like to rest and just sit and do nothing. I like nothing. I can't ride my Can-Am. I can't go and train. I can't, uh, you have no idea. And the hardest part, I think, over the last 30 days is the mind fog and like reading. I can't, like when I start to read, I just fall asleep because they gave me medicines to, I know this is a lot of information, I'm sorry, but I figured y'all ought to know because I haven't been here. But I haven't felt well enough to be here and I came in a couple times and just felt bad and I left because I can't focus like I, my focus was gone, but they changed two of my meds so I can focus. I got my brain back. No, 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 you don't understand. I got my brain back, ask William. My brain was gone. Like serious, fell straight out. Anyway, oh, so I went from I went from 20%, so I got, my, I got my echo at 30 days in, and they said that I was at 45%, which is tremendous. Amazing, miraculous. And so I am on the, on, the, on the mend. I should stay away from that. On the mend, and it's getting way better. And I feel better. I'm not out of breath. And I just, now I, now I pray for me because now I want to run. And I got to sit. Because now I have the, I want to run, and I can't. So anyway, that's that. Um, I am being healed. The doctors are going to release me. Um, they told me 90 days. So I'm on 90 days medical rest, so there hasn't been any of that weird stuff. Okay, next thing I wanna talk about. Um, William and I have, have been doing life together pretty much for six years, and it has been really good, but the most important part of our life is connection. And I, I, when I say connection, I mean relationship. I mean more than ministry, is the connection that you have. Because if you lose the family aspect of this, then you lose everything. And so since, we, since we've come together and merged um, as the churches came together, you know, we, who starts a church during COVID? Nobody. So we launched, but my heart cry was to do what we were doing on Sunday night on Sunday morning. Because I'm like, let's do this another day. Let's just go after this. And many of you have been so gracious to come and, and to be a part of that. Man, I can't touch the world by myself. We need everybody to be equipped to be able to touch the world. Amen, kids, young adults, everything. So during the season, it's been really, really hard. But the tension of ministry, the tension of doing things has, been, has worked against our connection. And it's, that's the hard part. So we're trying to come up with how do, we do, how do we do this together yet be in a more healthy, be in a more healthy aspect? So in this, in this season, and I've been trying to, especially since they switched my meds, I've been a prayer champion since they switched my meds. I feel like I just got born again. I don't even know what to tell you. It's the best ever. Like even William's like, dude, you're a different person. I'm like, you don't understand. I can think, I got my brains, it's amazing. You have no idea. Like, I was talking like, before, it wasn't good. Yeah, oh, gosh. I'm not hurting, I'm just holding my chest because I love the Lord. Uh, they, one of the meds that they gave me um, shuts off your adrenal glands. I don't know if you've ever, anybody ever been in adrenal failure? I've been living there for 30 days. It's been the best place ever where you just don't have energy from anything. Um, okay, so with William and I, we're trying to figure out what is the best way for us to go into 2022, but like not have it be like 2020, 2021. I don't know, how many of your 2020s were pretty rough? How about 2021? Did that not top 2020? Did it? Yeah. Did 2021 top 2020? <laughs> how many of you are, how many of you are ready for a really, really good 2022? Oh my gosh, I do. I believe it's the double, double blessing here. I believe we're gonna be absolutely inundated with Jesus. It's gonna be awesome. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, Robert Morris. You guys, you know um, Robert or know about him. 
Anyway, I was talking to him and I'm like, something feels so difficult, like something doesn't feel right, like it's just not, and I know we don't live by feelings, but it's, it's like rough, it's like roughness, and that is hard. And I said to him, I said, what do we do? And I explained the situation, I explained what we're doing, you know, the merge, everything, and he knew about that, but I'm, I'm, he goes, well, Todd, I think you need to pray and ask the Lord something. I said, what? He said, ask the Lord, why did you come to Dallas? Why did you come to Dallas? What's the reason why you came here? And so um, I, I did immediately, and I'm like, oh my gosh, why did we come to Dallas? Well, the prophetic words were God was going to do a ministry training center, a hub to raise up people to share the gospel to all around the world. And so my heart cry is what God placed on my life to be able to impart that and to be able to train people for it to be on their lives. Uh, hence, we have LCU. LCU students are, are living that lifestyle every day. It's not so much the lifestyle of an evangelist as much as it is the lifestyle of a person that knows and understands who they are and gets to share their faith everywhere they go. And that's so important. So for me, why I came here was this building was to be a place that we were supposed to, you know, take the power, what we did at Power and Love, but also do that during a school and to have that. Now we're in a nine month school, LCU, but it's supposed to be like a Power and Love for nine months, which is training and equipping people, having people go on outreach and they're living the lifestyle, which is happening. But this building was also to be a place where we were supposed to have multiple churches come in, where we did our Sunday night services, our encounter services. How many of you have been a part of those? They, they were why we came to the building on the Sunday nights. Now the Sunday mornings are being utilized and it's amazing and Risen Nation is doing a phenomenal job and I am very thankful. Because at a time of real need, they came in and helped us and stepped in and stepped up to the plate and surrounded us and like we were like boom and it was it was it was something that didn't just feel good it ran well and people were blessed how many of you been blessed by risen nation amen and i'm 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 so excited about that risen nation is the local church that's in the building you know lifestyle christianity is the ministry but the encounter, lights, the encounter nights are the reality of what I believe God has called me to. Um, he has called me to, to do equipping. I'm an evangelist. I don't know if you, any, anybody figured that out. And for the longest time, it's been hard for me because people are like, you're an evangelist. I'm like, no, I'm a full-time Christian. Like, no, you're an evangelist. I'm like, no, I'm a full-time Christian. I just live Jesus. I wanna live Jesus everywhere I go. Everybody gets the right to do that. But the, but the office of evangelist is to equip the saints for the works of ministry. That means that the office that God has given me, I mean, I think apostolically, but evangelism is my forte, and that's my deal. And so for me, I want, everybody needs to be an evangelist, if that's the truth. I mean, that's, but you don't have to be an evangelist as far as office-wise, but as far as sharing your faith, I believe everybody should be included and nobody should be neglected. And I believe little kids can share their faith. I believe young adults can share their faith. I believe it doesn't matter what age you are. It matters if you understand who God's created you to be. And so the heart cry is to raise a generation that understands who they are. So what we're going to be doing as far as risen nation and lifestyle goes is we merge together to bring the church together. And in the time of need, they came in. Now the church is doing really well and risen nation is, is doing amazing. And I am so thankful for that. But we are going to organizationally, as far as resignation and lifestyle, be separate. That All that means is that I'm stepping into my lane and William's gonna be in his lane. He is a pastor. I am an evangelist. I am not a pastor and he is not an evangelist. <laughs> Do you understand that? Does that make sense? Like I would be at a restaurant, share my faith and go after it and William's going, holy crud, what's going on? Like it's amazing, right? Yeah, with cold food because we never eat hot food because it's always cold because we're witnessing the people. But man, no matter what you do, if you're an evangelist, you, you can't be a pastor. Like, you can pastor, but you're gonna pastor evangelistically. Does that make sense? And so my heart cry is to do the Sunday nights. I won't be able to do them until the doctors release me. I hate having their permission. I just don't like that at all. Pray for me. But in March, we're gonna launch encounters. And we're gonna go after them with everything that we are. 
The power and loves are going to be the focus of what we do at Lifestyle. LCU, Lifestyle Christianity University, is going to be the focus of what we do. And the dance, of course, because it's going to reach people. The heart cry is I have to have souls saved. I'm, I've been outside of my lane and I need to get back in my lane. And my lane is to see people saved and delivered and healed. My lane is to see people discipled so that they can save and deliver and heal so that people can be discipled and save and deliver and heal. And I need to get back in my lane. So that's what we're going to be doing and we're, we're gonna be doing it starting now in 2022. So it's such a big deal because Williams, they're not going anywhere. I just, we need to do this together, but it's going to be easier for us to do it when we're both in our lanes. I can't jump into pastor. Like, I tried. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm being honest. I'm not a pastor. But William's doing a great job at it. He is. And I'm so excited about that. And, and I want to support William. And I know William wants to support us. And so we want to do life together. We're just not going to do it the same way that we've been. So, I, yeah. William, get can me out honor, of this. Can we honor him? That was so good. Thank you. You did great. Um, yeah, amen. I love you, man. So, um, and I'll just, I'll keep it quick because I do have something to share with you if that's all right today. Um, all right, well, I'll just do this quick. So in, a in April, um, it was our privilege to, uh, to not only help a friend, but to, to get to lead and steward you guys. It's been an honor. And we're gonna keep doing it if that's okay. Uh, but you know, uh, in April, Lifestyle was going through transition, a lot of transition, and it was turbulent. And um, Todd and I had this amazing reconciliation that took place back in April. And, um, you know, the VP at the time and Todd, we had sat down for like five hours and they told me everything going on and, you know, we'll take the help we can get. And we're like, we're, we're here to help you. And so myself, all of our elders, um, my, our apostolic covering, we all fasted and we prayed and, and we felt God say, go. And we came from Louisville with 150, 200 people with kids and we ran to this and I thought, I don't know how to do any of this, but Lord, you're gonna help us and the Lord has helped us. And <clears throat> through all of that, we stood up here and we made a commitment. We made a covenant to one another and and this isn't changing. I, I'm for you, and we are for one another. And that commitment was to take Risen Nation Church and Lifestyle Christianity Church and bring them together, and that is remaining the fact. We are staying Risen Nation Church. We are gonna be here on Sunday mornings until the Lord says something else, and he's not saying anything else at the moment, but we feel the Lord saying, when Todd came to me with this and we talked, my wife and I, our elders, we felt peace and we said, listen, we came in to help and now the way that we are gonna help is we're gonna make room for lifestyle to go back to the original mission and intent of this ministry that I don't know if it's changed anybody else's life, but it's changed mine. And so <clears throat> I, uh, I was thinking last night, you know, the only thing I wish that I could have done different and where I need to grow as a leader is we ran in to help and, and literally we said, help now, details later. And uh, I learned a valuable lesson as a leader in that. And you know, we were just like, let's just come together and be one 501c3 and we're gonna make it work. And then we realized, wait, church and ministry just run very differently. Church governance is different than how a ministry functions. And we, I remember when we did this, my dad said, you both are gonna get crucified. You remember that? And I was like, yay, that's exactly what but happened. But we both keep trying to get But we are cross. resurrected. <laughs> you know? Hey, so anyway. Um, so we wanna model unity in a way without strings attached. 
And unity has nothing to do with being a part of the same organization or under the same building as much as we're gonna be staying here, but it has, to be, it has to do with agreement of heart and mind. And this, there's not two churches forming. Sunday nights is about equipping. It's a ministry and Risen Nation is gonna stay Risen Nation. And if you stay with us, we're gonna be here every Sunday going after it and, and worshiping the way that we worship and pursuing what we pursue and making room for one another to fully run in what God's called us to. And so, you know, there is certain staff and stuff. There's a lot that we still have to figure out. And, and, and I want to say specifically to the staff that is having to go through the turbulence of all of this, I repent because with pure intentions and a pure heart, we ran in to help. And the details of being one organization or two organizations was kind of on the back burner, I believe with pure intentions. But now we realize that we are gonna be more effective for the advancement of the kingdom being in two 501c3s. So you guys as a church should feel nothing different whatsoever. We are basically going from one 501c3 to being two. And I feel like we came in a time of help and a time of need, and we have done a good job in doing that together. And now we're going, all right, it's time to send one another and step back into this in unity. And, uh, and so, we just know that this is what God is saying. And I wanna, I wanna say I'm really sorry to everyone here. Like, because I, I'm not, I definitely have made lots of mistakes. I am a professional mistake maker. I am, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I don't think anybody here at Risen Nation is going to suffer loss here. I think it's, you have everything to gain but I'm just telling you that I'm sorry as a leader for not being able to look ahead five years and say, hey, that was not what we were supposed to do. Like, I really need more wisdom, and I'm asking God like Solomon did. I'm praying for a dream where I can ask him at night, because if I ask him at night, I get what, he, what I asked for. Do you know Solomon got what he, what he got at night? The Lord said, hey, what do you want, Solomon? Anything you want, I'll give it to you. That came in a dream. And Solomon answered him in a dream, and Solomon got what he asked for. And over everything that we need, above finances, above everything, it's wisdom. And I'm telling you that I have not made all the right decisions, but I'm learning and I'm growing, and I just wanted to say I'm sorry. That's all, okay? All right, love you. Yeah. 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 So moving forward, like I said, moving forward, some of you are going, what's happening right now? Yeah, we love you. That was a little kid, I think. That was really cute. Um, moving forward, all that's happening is, is we are gonna stay here on Sunday mornings. We are gonna be two 501c3s that support each other, that do model unity for our city uh, without strings attached and being able to run in, in our lanes. And, uh, and so Wednesday night here, we are gonna have, for anybody that has any questions of what does that look like, how does that unfold, uh, we'll be here with our pastoral team on Wednesday night, just here to answer questions for you, have a family meeting. If this is your first time, welcome to our family roundtable. Um, <clears throat> what really, did I get myself yeah, into? <laughs> yeah, welcome to Risen Nation, hello. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that you guys know and understand nothing is changing for this church. Our pastoral team, our elders, our leadership, we, we believe that God called us here and we don't regret coming into this building for one second. We know that this was the Lord and, and we're excited for what the future holds. And I believe that lifestyle is gonna be blessed and Risen Nation is gonna be blessed. And honestly, I have to say, it takes a lot for a leader to get up and say, I got outside of my lane and I wanna get back into it. And I think that that's worthy of honor. So, yeah. yeah. All right, guys, can you do me a favor? Can you stand to your feet? You ready? Guys, I want you to honor your senior pastor, William Hinn. Thank you, thank you. I'm just coming down. Thanks, thanks. All right. Wow, all right. 
If you're confused, come on Wednesday night. We'll explain everything. Uh, amen. Come on, bro. There's liberty. Amen. Um, and just some logistical things. Uh, so we are the only thing that you guys might notice in regards to a change. Sorry about the thing. I just like being close to you. That's why I come on the floor. Um, you know, if Costi gets out of line, I'm right here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just kidding. Um, so the only thing that you're gonna notice is starting tomorrow, everyone say tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, the giving portal that we've been using is gonna change, okay? Sorry about the feedback. I'll do this until you guys get it figured out. So uh, when you go to risenation.org and you click give, it'll be through Planning Center now, okay? Um, and then your church, how many of you signed up for a church center app or you're on the church center app? Okay, cool. I would encourage you to sign up for that. You can check your kids in through that and all kinds of stuff, right? I'm sorry about the feedback. Um, but through the Church Center app, you now will be able to give right through that. And I know that it's redirected you to Kindful, but you can now give directly through the Church Center app starting tomorrow, cool? So that, for this house, that's all you guys honestly are gonna, are gonna notice. Like I said, you know, I've learned a lot in this and how many of you understand that the providence of God, God gives us one command at a time. And how we learn to follow him is we have this thing called the life of faith and trust. And Todd and I both have very similar personalities in this, that when God says something, we just run. And I'm learning that wisdom is slow. And, and wisdom, inquires of God in everything, not just the big things, but in every detail. And through all of it, like I said, I, th I think we could have managed the details and the structure differently, um, but we're learning and we're growing, amen? Okay, so it's pretty interesting though, because through all of this, uh, back in November, we, we received a word. And, and really today, I'm just gonna read a couple things and then we're gonna be done. And, and maybe, maybe just maybe we, we'll go back into like five minutes of worship, okay? How about worship today, by the way? <laughs> Kaylee is like a, like a warrior on stage that just destroys the devil. So anyways, um, <clears throat> back in November the Lord spoke to us to prepare for rain. And as I, was, as I was praying through how to walk through this moment as a leader, right? Where naturally people are gonna have questions, naturally people gossip and do all of the stuff that people do, but you just watch Todd and I on stage, we, we love each other and we're realizing that we are going to be more effective in our advancement of the kingdom in two organizational vehicles than one, okay? So we'll still be here with LCU, Every, all of that stays the same. But when I was praying, Lord, as a leader, how do I walk through this moment? The Lord spoke to me and he said, this isn't going to weaken us, it's going to strengthen us. And this isn't about chaos, this is actually God bringing order and teaching us a lesson through this of what does it mean to inquire of him in all seasons. And like I said, we, we fasted and we prayed and we heard God as a team. And coming in, we heard God as a team. But there was all these little details and, and sitting at a table making decisions that I'm learning as a leader, we have to go to him for everything, every detail. And he sees the purity of our hearts, but he also trusts us to lead with consistency people. So as, as we get clarity, I'm realizing though, there is this provident side of God. Ezekiel 14 says, he does nothing without cause. And when, we, when Todd and I stood up and we said, this is what we're doing, God knew exactly how he wanted this and it just took us a bit to catch up. Are you with me? Yes. You guys okay? Yes. He does nothing, Ezekiel 14 says, without cause. And so in November, he began to speak to us and he spoke to us through a prophetic word and many of you have heard this. We did like a four or five part series on prepare for rain. We had Corey Russell and my dad a part of that and what the word was is that Risen Nation has asked for me and I'm coming. It's time to prepare for rain. And we talked about that preparation piece. And, 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 and knowing now when, 
when, when they came to me and said, this is what we wanna do, and we felt peace and we agreed, and there was this, this mutual unity in that decision, the Lord began to remind me about some of the things that were said in that series. And I'll be honest, for six years, Todd and I have been tethered like this. And, and we can you know, plan on personally continuing to do that. But I, I mean, I haven't really known ministry very long. You're the biggest part of that, of that time frame, right? And so there is something comfortable about being where you've been, but God is saying, I'm taking you where you don't know. And if you can lean into the mystery of the season, what God will do in lifestyle and in risen nation will be something like we've never seen. But you have to be willing the comfortable, you have to be willing to leave the comfortable place, right? And so back in November, this was November 21st, um, I, I said a, a couple of things that I just, I wanna repeat. We said during that part that we, this was part three, we need to understand the times and the seasons. Just like we know the clouds are pregnant with rain, we also felt that the season was pregnant with change, having no idea that this was where God was gonna lead us. God is taking us from personal anointing to corporate glory. We got into Deuteronomy 11.10 and 11.11, which talks about the transition of season where you once could tend to your own garden in your own strength, but where God is taking us requires God to reign from heaven from our own water pots to the rains of heaven. We dug into 2 Kings 18 when King Hezekiah, who has been really a, a foundational teaching for us coming into all of this, but we dug into 2 Kings 18 when King Hezekiah finds the bronze serpent that Moses lifted up in the wilderness, which in that time, listen, brought healing to Israel. See, we have to understand the times and the seasons because in the time, that Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, it healed them. But now generations later, they have that same bronze serpent in the holy place and they're burning incense to it. So King Hezekiah, I, you imagine him walking in and saying, what is that, is that the serpent that Moses put up in the wilderness? And he walks in and he begins to break the bronze serpent into pieces. And and I love the prophetic word in it, but what used to work in one season wasn't working anymore. And lastly, we prophetically declared, and I'm paraphrasing, and, it was, and when I read this, I said, wow, that the, that the mark of change for this church will be the Habitation Conference. And we believe, like I, I feel anticipation building toward that. This is what God has called us to as a house, to raise up houses of habitation to raise up houses built on Psalms 132 where God finds rest amongst a people, right? Like, I don't know about you, but in this season, as a leader, I'm going, Lord, what about, what do we, what do we, and, and just today in worship, like just in the midst of worship, just in our adoration, I'm getting answers without getting answers. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Like, God's presence is so profound that you're going, I think, I, I, I think that's it, I think that's all we need. Right, like in Mark chapter eight, I love when Jesus feeds the 4,000, they come to him and the disciples say to Jesus, how could one satisfy all of us in the wilderness? What a silly question these disciples asked. But this is, I think that the point of the season is, is we've come in and we've said, we want a house for the Lord. And the Lord says, oh really? All right, here's what I'm gonna tell you to do. It's gonna be super uncomfortable. People are gonna leave, people are gonna, but will you follow me at all costs? And will you follow me one yes at a time? So we talked about how the time is pregnant for change. And I can boldly say for obviously both the ministry and the church that change is upon us. And listen, it's time to move from what's been comfortable and familiar into the promise and the call that God has for us. And we, I say this boldly and truthfully, we did not fail. But coming in and helping is what the Bible tells us to do. And now it's time to send, to thrust one another into the next season. Are you with me? And so listen, yeah, amen. Thanks, Chip. I appreciate you, Chip. Um, that is the Lord. That is the Lord. Gabriel, I hear you. I hear you too. Pro Proverbs 16, 9 says, man makes their plans, but God ordains our steps. And 
since I've come in to be vulnerable and really since, I feel like since we started Risen Nation. Uh, we, we started in, in the Sandman Hotel, we had like 30 people and uh, I'll never forget, we needed money for sound equipment and we raised $11,000 and we were like, we've made it. We have made it. Uh, I've never seen $11,000 in my life. And, and God moved amongst this little group, but it, it has been to be vulnerable as a leader since we started. We didn't, we truthfully didn't go by any sort of church planting curriculum. We didn't, we didn't do any of that. We just, God said, and honestly, God spoke to me on my way back from a trip in Portugal where I was ministering out there, and I told the Lord, Lord, if this is you, speak to my dad. And I've told you guys this before, but I really want you to get the history of what God's doing here because there's something bigger at play than me or Todd. I'm just letting you know, like, this is not my kingdom or his kingdom. This is God's kingdom, if you don't know. And there's something much bigger here that God is doing that I need us to see as a community so we know how to walk together. Okay, but I said, Lord, if you're gonna, if if that's what you're saying, I need you to speak to my dad because my dad had church here on Sunday mornings in the DFW Metroplex. So I come home, of course, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. My dad comes to me and says, hey, the, the Lord spoke to me. What I'm doing, I'm gonna stop doing and you're gonna do it. And I said, what? But really in my heart, I knew, uh uh-oh, I'm caught, you know? And we started, and honestly, it has been like a, God said, go, and he said, if you wanna build a house for me, you're gonna have to learn what it means to trust me. And I know that normal churches, like even coming into 2022, I'm like, Lord, give us clarity and vision and direction. And even even in all of that, it's been like the Lord's going, just find where I am, and follow me. And every leadership seminar in the world tells you to have a five-year plan, make them feel super comfortable, and make sure that there's consistency throughout everything, but the leadership of Jesus says, follow me, you have no idea what's coming. Right, so I'm in this tension of going, okay, but Lord, we're a bit confused here. And he goes, did you give me the yes or not? Did Did you really mean it? when you said yes. And so I want you to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 11. And while you're getting there, really what this has been and where God anoints and where God empowers is a place called the wilderness. Jesus himself, as you're turning, listen, Jesus himself by the Holy Spirit. I, I always think we've missed that. Like Jesus comes up out of the water, a dove ascends upon him, and it says that the Holy Spirit led him. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Holy Spirit had a plan that to us wouldn't make sense. Wait, Lord, you're leading me. You're leading me into a place where I'm gonna be tempted and tried and be on the verge of death and angels are gonna have to minister to me. You're leading me there. I don't remember the last time I heard a series on that, but see, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness, and he gets to the wilderness, and that word wilderness means the space, listen, the space between two destinations. That's what the word wilderness means. It means waste, because usually while you're there, you think you're wasting your time. But the Lord can't take you from point A to point B unless you're willing to walk through that gap called the wilderness, and most stop in the gap. See, the first generation of the Israelites that, ex- that got out of Egypt, they gave up in that gap. And what could have taken 40 days, because it took Jesus that long, it took the Israelites 40 years because they couldn't stop complaining and being all about themselves. And you know what they went after? Moses, give us direction. And they went in a circle, and they went in a circle, and they went in a circle, and God's trying to get them to go, if you would let me lead. I'm talking about God, not me. You guys understand that, okay. You can't ask that I have a house, that you have a house for the Lord and God not build that house. And what I'm learning about him is that he gives us one piece of the blueprint at a time. And so uh, as we get into Genesis 11, remember the wilderness is a gap. And right now what we are in, what I feel this whole season has been to be vulnerable as a leader, 
is this season has been like naked. And I know that that's a weird word, but it's the only word I can think of that carries the weight of what's in my heart, right? It's the season of God can't form you into something unless you're first willing to be formless. He can't clothe you with something unless you're first willing to be unclothed, right? And so how you deal with the vulnerable place of Lord, what is next? And you lean into that mystery and become a steward of the mystery, like Paul said, until you lean into that mystery, God can't form you into what he wants to form you into. And so how we respond as a community right now will determine what happens with our kids. And I don't know about you, if 50 are here or 500 are here, I want to stay true with all of my heart to my yes because Ellie and Benjamin and William are gonna reap the benefits of our obedience. In the most confusing, in the hardest, in the wilderness seasons is where God defines us and it's about empowerment and strengthening and order, amen? So Genesis 11, and I just, I'm gonna just scan through this and I'm gonna read just the latter part. This is the genealogy, this is verse 27, I'm sorry. This is the genealogy of Terah, Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begot Lot, and Haran, listen, this is key, verse 28, and Haran died before his father Terah in his native land, in Ur of the Chaldeans, right? Then jump to verse 31. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot. So he no longer has his son Haran. And his daughter-in-law Sarah, the his son Abram's wife, and they went out from they went out from them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan, and they came into Haran and dwelt there. So listen, he names his son Haran, and then he finds a city named after his son that died. Okay, and he goes and he he dwells there, and it says in verse thirty-two. So the days of Terah were two hundred and five years and Terah died in Haran. Okay, so, so this father has Abram, he has three sons, he has, he has Abram, and I already forgot the name of the other one, Nahor and Haran. Haran dies, so he goes to a city that's named after his son because there is comfort in what was. And he dies in what was. Okay? I just find it interesting that they're so clear about this, this son named Haran that died in what was. So then you get to Abram and the Lord, and it says, now the Lord said to Abram, and you guys, this is famous scripture. I just think we missed the first part of the perspective of God in, onto the generations of your father couldn't get over what happened. So your father found a comfortable place and he died in that comfortable place. Now listen, Abram. Get out of your country. Listen, from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, right? So we, we, we understand that. I just wanna, and, and I promise, I'm, this is really all I have today. Understanding this father that had Abram that died in what was, and then comes to Abram and says, it's time to leave, it's time, and now, I'm not, I need you guys, because people start reading into things. Like I said, we will be here on Sundays. The way everything stays the same. Everyone say spiritually. We need to hear what the spirit is saying, okay? This is a heart thing I'm talking about, right? The will of God, and I just want you to listen, the will of God never comes to us in totality. He didn't tell Abram, when you're 86, you'll have Ishmael. But he's not the promised child, but don't worry, because when you're 100, you'll have Isaac. And then you're gonna move to Canaan, and Isaac will have Jacob, but really his name is Israel. Oh, and by the way, your name's Abraham, if I haven't told you already. Then your seed will end up in Egypt, but they will stay way too long, so I'll grab Moses to get them out, and after all of that, they're gonna get stuck in a wilderness, but don't worry. 41 generations from now, Christ will be born from your seed, and he will redeem everything. That would have made it so much easier. I mean, if coming in, the Lord would have just said, okay, merge with lifestyle Christianity, but really this is what's gonna happen, and really this has always been the plan, and all, and, like, just, just Lord, why? why? But no, 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 he, he just told them, it's time to pick up your family and move into the next thing. He just told them, it's time to leave what you've known. 
He can't take you where you're going unless you first separate from where you've been. And like I said in the beginning, you can't form into something unless you first become formless. He gives us just enough information to say yes and then takes us on a journey called faith until the next yes is required. Jesus didn't tell his disciples, I thought this was, this was funny, Jesus didn't tell his disciples, hey, follow me and you'll become the 12 apostles that will establish the church, flip the whole world upside down. Oh, and Peter, you're gonna deny me three years from now, but don't worry, I'm gonna restore you on a beach over breakfast. Then there's also gonna be crucifixion that I'm gonna have to go through. You'll all be pretty confused, but three days later, you'll understand that I just saved the world. I mean, that would have been easy, right? But he just said, follow me. He never gives us the whole plan. His word, listen, his word must try us. And our love for him must be rooted in faith and it doesn't please God without it. Without contradiction, friction, and trial, no faith is required, therefore making our sonship and our following illegitimate. Something bigger than ourselves is at work here. What kind of presence, I want you to hear this, what kind of presence did Jesus carry to be able to invite men he did not know to leave their families, careers, security, and personal plans without telling them where they were going or what to expect? It's, it's about a journey called obedience. It's not about getting to a destination. I believe one of the biggest lies to creep into the church is that the Christian life is all about your prosperity. That the Christian life is all about you being blessed and you ending up, I know that it's gonna turn out good because God is good, but if you make the desti- if you'd make your whole life built on getting to a good destination, you're gonna miss the power that's only found in the wilderness. You're gonna miss the power that's only found in confusion. And we say, well, God, you're, you're not the author of confusion. He's not, you're the one that's confused. He just said, follow me, and he's not confused at all. The problem is, is that we get in the way and we confuse ourselves and we overcomplicate it, and if we would've just stuck to the one thing he said, yes, sir, I'm gonna follow you step by, oh, you stopped, okay, I'm gonna stop now. There's nothing to be confused about because I'm following a shepherd that's not confused. It's not about getting somewhere. He is that somewhere. And for all, listen, for all those that would call themselves disciples and followers of Christ, is there anybody that's a disciple and follower of Christ in this room? For those that call themselves followers of Christ, your journey must start with this one question. Are you willing to leave what you've known? It has to start like that. For, for many, how many of you are a first-generation Christian in your family? And how many of you struggled through that process? Lift your hand. You see, even in our own lives, like when my uncle got saved and the family did what the family did and, and there was friction and tension, my God, thank God that this family and this man continued down what God said which started out with, are you willing to leave what you've known? Are you willing to leave the Greek Orthodox thing and the Catholic thing? Are you willing to leave what you grew up with and what your parents tried to frame in your thinking? Are you willing to leave what was comfortable and safe, what feels good in your family and say, Lord, I'm saying yes to a radical life of being committed to a yes that I don't actually understand. And I think we've turned church into a giant business into a giant corporation where we have a goal to make the people feel as safe as possible. And that is not the Bible that I read. What God is looking for is to pluck a remnant that says we don't care where you take us just as long as you are with us. We don't care if it's unsafe. We don't care if it's dangerous. I mean, Paul goes on and his resume is all of the the danger that you brought me into. You guys talk about your accolades. Let me tell you about mine. I have been whipped 40 times minus one. I've been stoned and left for dead. And then he got up and he just went into the city and started preaching again. And we're looking for comfort in Christianity and prosperity in Christianity. But God is saying, will you leave everything to follow me? And sometimes the hardest thing to leave 
is our expectation that didn't start with God. Because there's a higher perspective that I like to call the Godness of God. There's a higher perspective that says his name is Omega. (laughs) Alpha, remember, and Omega. The beginning and the end. His name is, I've got the end figured out. Can you trust me yet? And I'm not gonna give you the whole plan because then you wouldn't have to trust me. God sees, listen, everything all at once. But his mercy, but in his mercy, listen, he only gives us one step at a time. Because I think if we saw the fight that was ahead in many situations in our personal lives, we would have never said yes. It's his mercy that leads us. It's his mercy that guides us. Can I have the worship team come back up? So listen, my dad had a dream when we fasted and prayed together as a team. And in the dream, um, Robert McKinney was actually in it. Robert, can you just, everyone turn around and look at Robert. Robert, stand up. This this is Robert McKinney. (laughs) If you don't know who Robert is, Robert's the CEO of Lifestyle Christianity. And, and I just, even in all of us trying to figure this out, we would all say Robert's like the comic relief in every situation. He's just fun to be around. Love you, Robert. Love you, Robert. So my dad had a dream and in the dream, you know, we're praying, Lord, what do we do? Lifestyle needs help and we wanna help. What do we, what do, we do? And my dad had a dream and he saw, he, Robert was in the dream and, and he saw Risen Nation faces stepping into this, into this river. Anyone remember Ezekiel 47? We talked about there's a river coming and everywhere this river goes, healing will be brought to the nations, right? So he said, I, I was putting you guys in a river and William, you were passing them to me and I was putting down, I was saying, don't worry, you don't know what the end is, but enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the ride. And this has been like the theme for us of, I'm understanding now why the Lord had this pause in my heart of talking too quickly about what 2022 holds. And as a leader feeling, to be vulnerable, as a leader feeling um, insufficient as a leader, because I'm like, Lord, you know, the, the people, they long for direction. And the Lord said, but you asked to build a house for me. What, what direction do, do, do they need besides me? You see, I think one of, the, one of the trickiest and hardest things to do as leaders is staying consistent on one thing. Just one thing, one thing we seek, just one thing. Okay, Lord, you didn't tell us to do anything else. We're just gonna do this. And if it's 15 years from now and the people haven't heard another initiative, then they got sick of the one thing. And I think that that's dangerous. In Jeremiah two and three, and just a, and I'm just gonna give an overview and then, and then we're gonna be done and, and just worship our way into this new season. Jeremiah two and three, if, if you have time, it's amazing. Study the context of Jeremiah and Ezekiel. But Jeremiah is the prophet that really is the one that is with Israel when they're taken into captivity by Babylon, okay? Jeremiah two and three basically Jeremiah comes and he starts speaking on God's behalf. You know what he says? He says, leaders and priests and in our terms, pastors and everybody, that they didn't inquire of the Lord. They they never asked the question, where is the Lord? You can build mega churches and mega buildings and never ask the question, where is God in it? And people will come because of gifting. People will come because of lights and smoke and cameras and sound and skinny jeans. I'm trying to make mine a little bit looser, but my dad really gets onto me. He told me one time, your skinny jeans and smoke machines ain't cutting it, son. I said, yes, sir, make, pray for me. And he said, stop caring about what the people think so much and do what God's telling you to do. <laughs> He's old school, I love it. His jeans are pleated. Um, anyways, so. Jeremiah two and three, Jeremiah comes and he says, you're about to be taken into captivity because you didn't inquire of the Lord. You didn't ask where he was, right? And ultimately leaders that don't inquire of God led to 
a captive nation. And then in later on, you get to, you know, we all know the Jeremiah, you know, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. And the mercy of God that comes in that says you walked yourself into captivity. I've always been here, but you never asked for me. So you walked yourself into it. And even after that, my mercy, I can't help being anything that I'm not. I mean, God is love for crying out loud, which means that everything God does has to flow from that one place. It doesn't say that God is wrath. It says that God is love. So even his wrath has to be love. Everything God is, is eternal. It's forever. It's unstoppable. So if he says, I love you, what he's really saying is I love you forever. The problem in the church is we've taken advantage of the I love you forever. If he says, I'm gonna be merciful towards you, what he's saying is I'm gonna be merciful toward you forever. I mean, we pump loud, sin, 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 but there is this thing called grace. There is this thing called mercy. And I know that people take advantage of it, but it doesn't mean that we stop preaching it. Because the grace of God is the empowerment to walk and live like Jesus. It is the empowerment to overcome sin in your life. Hey, sweet girl, she's fine. It is the empowerment that gives us the strength to live a lifestyle of Christianity. It is only through grace. So these men that didn't know where they were going, that didn't inquire of God, that needed help, kind of like Todd and I, You're good. <laughs> amen, amen. Family, you know what I'm saying? I make a commitment to you that I will never yell at babies or kids. Okay, I know that. If you know, you know. So anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's easy to inquire of God when you gotta make a big decision like come in and merge with the church. It's a whole nother thing to sit at a table with leaders and go, hey, let's structure it like this and let's do this, let's do this. And all of a sudden, good ideas become outweigh God ideas. And that's where God is training and teaching me of, I sat at a table way too many times and agreed to things that I didn't go to the Lord first and say, even in the smallest of detail, are you saying that? And I have to grow, I have to grow as a leader. And then God takes you through something, so you do. But then in his mercy he comes, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna bring you shepherds after my own heart. In other words, I'm gonna give you a new heart. And then you get to Ezekiel, and Ezekiel's a prophet that doesn't know anything but captivity. He doesn't know anything but being in Babylon. And, and he is like, I mean, it gets even worse against the leaders in Ezekiel. But then you get to the end. And there is the last verse in Ezekiel where God is giving us this promise of you've walked through a lot. And at moments you felt captive and at moments you felt like there was no way to figure this all out. But see, I'm the God that has plans for you. And you get to Ezekiel 48 and, and through Ezekiel from God, he begins to describe a city. And the very last verse, while they're in captivity, the very last verse of Ezekiel 48 says, from this day moving forward. And this is what today is. For this church, if you are committed to this house and you believe that this is where God has called you, some of you are gonna be like, I'm confused and I can't stay and you'll, and you'll leave in the gap and we love you, we bless you and we honor you. But there is a remnant I'm talking to of sons and daughters that are gonna become fathers and mothers that are saying, we are committed to the gap. We're committed to what doesn't make sense. We're committed to the mystery. We're committed to everything God that you have for us, no matter how bad it hurts, no matter how weird it gets, no matter what, Lord, we are following you. You are our comfort and you are our rest. And, and all of a sudden you get to this place of from this day, I'm prophesying that from this day moving forward, what started out in Babylon, what started out in captivity, maybe it's in your own life, what started out in something that felt confusing, and Lord, but I thought you said. What started out there, God says, but from this day forward, the city will be known as the Lord is there. I mean, literally, he says the name of the city will be 
the Lord is there. And the city's gonna have shepherds that carry the heart of God that's saying, no, no, I can't, I can't say yes or no. I have to talk to the, to the leader. Because I'm telling you, I said it during worship, but I'm telling you, we are coming into a day of Hebrews 8 where I won't need to tell you to know the Lord, the Bible says, all will know him which means that there's a day coming where people are gonna go, hey, I heard the glory was there. Who's the pastor of that church? I don't know, I just heard the glory was there. Who's leading worship? I I have no idea, I just heard the glory was there. And see what church planning would teach you is that is chaos. You need to know exactly what's the order of this place. God is there. It doesn't matter, it it doesn't, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. There's not a famous preacher in the building, no. There's not a famous worship team in the building. Not on our intentions. God is there. And there's a purity that God is plucking out in this season. And I'm telling you for lifestyle and for harvest and for risen nation, harvest is here. And in a time which might seem like, wait, Lord, wait. So we started like this, but now you want us to go like this. What about the people are gonna be confused in this and this and this. The Lord says, can I bring order to the house or do you wanna bring order to the house? And I'm telling you, we are about to step into something that's gonna begin to shake DFW. And I wanna reiterate, two churches are not forming. It's Risen Nation Church and there is a ministry called Lifestyle Christianity that is going to shake the earth if we be committed to the gap. Can you stand your feet? It's so wild to me because I asked, I've been asking the Lord for vision. I've been asking him for direction and he hasn't said anything. And then last night, I began to ask him, Lord, now that you're putting us in order and you're getting things in order, how do you want us to proceed? You know something he said to me? He said, I need a people that pray. Just as simple as this, because we all want like the big initiatives, right? Let me tell you what's on God's heart, okay? This house shall be called a house of prayer. That's what the Lord said. I want you to pray every day. That's all he said. And what would it be like? Now listen, and I understand this is why we're praying as a leadership of, we we wanna make room. When when Lifestyle came, we're making room for whatever it is. We came in to help. And if making room is helping, that's what we're doing. So we, we want something that doesn't clash with LCU, but makes room for LCU. Are you with me? Right? And so the Lord, the Lord began to speak to me about a prayer room every single day. Every single day that we've been dreaming of for years now. And I don't care if nobody's there, if we're gonna be a house for God, I'm gonna sit there. And I don't know how to play the guitar, but I'll sit on it. If no one's, if everyone's busy and tired, I'm gonna sit on the guitar and I'm gonna minister to the heart of the Lord. And it's gonna sound horrible, but God is gonna be present. And we're gonna begin to build a place that God says every day I'm there. I believe that God is gonna take habitation, that this first conference that we're about to do is gonna be the beginning of God launching this conference into regional conferences and international conferences. Listen, not for the sake of having a conference, but actually for the sake of training up other leaders and churches, how to have habitations for the Lord, not church planning curriculum that gets people in the building, but curriculum that gets God in the building. Okay, and, and, and we're gonna stay so narrow on what he said about the way and DNA and our prayer rooms and everything that we're pursuing, we are gonna continue to pursue. And what God is looking for is a consistent people that say 1,000, 100, 10, 11. I mean, Jesus started with 12. We're gonna be committed, God, to what you've said. And right now I'm telling you, we are about to cross over from our Deuteronomy 11:10, our personal gardens in, in Egypt into a new land that only the reigns of heaven can cover. And if you are gonna cross over with us and you are gonna say, listen, we, Lord, are committed to the gap. We're committed to being intercessors that are gonna tend to your heart before anything else. And I believe that the promises of God are yes and amen. And so the Lord is asking us today of a new yes. He gave us one and we made mistakes and we repent for those mistakes But even in the mistakes, the beauty of God comes in and says, I'm gonna change everything. And now I just need another yes. And if nobody comes, will you still say yes? I want you guys to, I want, I'm gonna pray, but I want you to sing here again. 
start with the first verse. And this first verse is perfect. And we're gonna minister to the Lord in this new season, okay? And again, all that's, you guys are gonna feel nothing. All, All that's happening is we're making room for one another by trying to squeeze everything into one 501c3, we're gonna put it in two and look at the other and say, run. We help, now it's time to run. Our covenant and commitment to you people, I'm, we're here. We are committed to you and I'm not going anywhere. I'm sorry to tell you, we're just not going anywhere, okay? Because the Lord, the Lord called us to you and the Lord doesn't call you to lifestyle Christianity. He doesn't call you to Risen Nation Church. He doesn't call you to a building. He calls you to people. So you gotta look around and say, God, who have you called me to? Who have you anointed me for? And I'm gonna, you know what we're gonna do? We can gather, but gathering car parts doesn't build a car. You have to assemble them. And this is what it's about, is God assembling us. But if we're willing to go, we don't know. We can't go back to the beginning. See, I see the words right there. Thanks guys. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. Go to the next part. But I know here in the middle is the place where you promised to be. Amen. Let's lift our hands. Jesus, Lord, we thank you for the empowerment of the wilderness. Lord, we thank you for this season that's changed all of our lives. We thank you, Lord, that even in the good times and the bad, you never stop being good. Lord, I thank you that we are about to see a thrust like we've never seen. Lord, I don't care what happens financially, organizationally, Lord, you know my heart. Lord, all I want, all I'm asking for, all this church and this leadership and pastoral team is asking for, that what we've desired to see, the miracles that we've desired to see, the presence we've desired to encounter, Lord, we are asking that it come in a moment that you suddenly visit your temple with a people that stay consistent to what you've said. Meet us in the middle, Lord, today. Meet us in the middle, Lord, today. We wanna build you a house where you find rest. Lord, I pray you bless lifestyle Christianity in a way like lifestyle never thought possible. God, we ask you to heal Todd way quicker than any of the doctors said in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you that this season of rest, this season of rest is gonna cause him to come out like a roaring lion like he's never known. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name. We thank you for bringing us here and making us one with this people and what a privilege it's been and what a privilege it'll be to continue to run. Come on, go into it. Thanks for listening to the Risen Nation podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about us, find us on social media or go to risennation.org.